We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Let's put up some work this morning. I want to be quick. I want to get to the point. God has given me a specific word um, that I believe. No, I don't believe. I know. If you receive it, it'll change your walk with Christ. I'm going to say that again. If you receive it, it'll change your walk with Christ. John 3, 22, New King James Version. John 3, 22, New King James Version. John 3, New King James Version, verse 22. Say, I got it. Oh, that's not good. Come on. Come on, guys. Hurry up. Let's go. Let's work a little bit harder. You know what cracks me up is that we can... You ask somebody to find something on the internet on their phone, and they can find it in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> but go to the scripture. <laughs> Y'all sit there for five minutes. What did he say? He said what? <laughs> John 3, 22, New King James Version. Shout, I got it. There we go. I'm reading for you. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John had not yet, excuse me, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who was the bride, excuse me, he who was the bride is the bride, bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom. Excuse me, let me read that again. I don't know why I'm getting twisted. He who was, who, excuse me, he who has the bride <laughs> is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Here it is right here. This is what you got to take for you today. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Shout, he must increase. But I must decrease. Before I get into my opening statements and my illustration, um, <clears throat> this verse has always stuck out to me, even as a little boy. I mean, I grew up in church. I can remember going to church early as, you know, six, seven years old. And it's going to sound funny, but I was always enamored with preaching, and I would pay attention. Um, and one of the things that I noticed specific to people who were first time preachers, you know, they get them to do their like their sermonette uh, or they're speaking for the first time and they don't speak that often um, in their in their preparation prayer. Um, they would always say something to the effect. 
I pray that you would increase and that I would decrease. I pray that you increase and that I would, I would, I would decrease. And I kept hearing that over and over again, and I never knew because I was a kid. I didn't know that they were, they were quoting scripture. Not a clue. But in that moment, I got it. I mean, I sat there and I said, okay, I can see that you're a little nervous. This might be your first time. So you need Jesus to show up because I ain't got it. I can't do this. I have no idea. I don't have the power nor the ability to do this on my own. So please, Lord, just you show up and, and let me decrease so that I can give them something. But as I got older and as I started to study scripture, I found out that this was an actual verse in, 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 in the book of John. And, and, and here's what I want you to hear or understand. It made sense for me and it was applicable for them standing on that stage for a moment. For a period of time, for five minutes, 15 minutes, you know, if, 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 if portions are pre-teaching or teen is teaching, it might be 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so it makes, it, it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. Let me stop playing so I can get to it. It makes sense for me to say, in this moment, I need for you to increase and for me to decrease. But it changed the, the, the text for me and the verse for me or that, or, that, or, or that statement for me when you try to apply that to your life. Because it was just a moment. That's pretty easy. Lord, just show up in this moment. But what John was saying, I need you to increase in my life and I need to decrease in my life because all I want them to see is you. That's the only thing that I want them to see. And I said to myself after I read it, well, that's hard. But I love the way that the story is written because it gives us the details that we need to pull that off. Now for my sermon. Going into the 2011 NBA basketball season, James, I didn't know that you had a basketball analogy. This is, I don't want to be basketball heavy, but I got one. Going into the 2011 basketball season, uh, the NBA basketball season, there was a lot of buzz surrounding um, the Miami Heat because um, who was deemed the best player on the planet at that time, LeBron James was making the decision. Y'all remember that? He was making the decision to take his talents to South Beach. Um, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, everybody forgets Chris Bosh was a part of that, but he was. Um, and they were to create the big three, right? <clears throat> they were to be this juggernaut of a team, um, and they were supposed to win championship after championship after championship after championship. But by the end of the 2011 season, um, the big three found themselves losing to the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals um, and not winning the championship that they were talented enough to win. After the season ended, um, there was a lot of questions surrounding what happened. And um, everybody has speculation, but, the, but, but, but news broke that LeBron James and Dwayne Wade had a conversation. And I'm, I'm going to quote what Dwayne Wade says to LeBron James in this conversation. Um, one of the assistant coaches were there, and he's the one that kind of broke the news. <clears throat> he says this. This is Dwayne Wade speaking to uh, LeBron James. At the end of the day, for the rest of the time we're here together, this is your team, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to support you. 
say that one more time. He says to LeBron James, who was the best player on the planet, and Dwayne Wade himself was no slouch. I mean, he had he had he had won a title himself, and and he was he was he was um, inducted into you know All Star teams and all these different things. He was a really good player, and this had been his team for several years. But LeBron James shows up, the best player on the planet, and and, and things don't work out. So at the end of the season, he says this to him, at the end of the day, for the rest of the time, we are here together. This is your team, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to support you. What Dwayne Wade understood, and what he detailed in this conversation for me, was that we didn't make all of these moves to just be better. I didn't give up some of my salary, and you didn't leave, you know, where you were, was he? He was in Cleveland. You didn't leave Cleveland, and Boston didn't come from Toronto. We didn't do all of this stuff just to be better. We came together to be the best ever. And, and, and Dwayne Wade understood that something has to change in order for us to produce the results that we should produce. So in order for that to happen, LeBron, I'm going to take a step back because I know that you're the best player in the planet and I'm not going to fight you for the stage because there's no room for two stars on this team. So I'm going to step back to ensure that you take the lead role so that we can win the championships that we're supposed to win. I'm going to give you control of this team, LeBron. This has been my team all of this time, but I'm going to give you control because I know we didn't go through all of this to just be better. I could have been better by myself, LeBron. We could have won a couple more games by myself, but since you're here, let's be the best ever. After that conversation, this team that was, was assembled together, they did something only six other teams has done in the history of the, of the, of the, of the NBA. They won back-to-back championships. And, they went, and they're going down as one of the best ever. When you think about your relationship with God through Jesus, God didn't sacrifice his one and, be only, one and only son for you to just be better. God didn't step out of glory and wrap himself in humanity for you to just be better. He sacrificed him so that you could be the best Jew ever. And to be quite honest with you, this is something that I think about all the time. It's like, listen, I don't want to sacrifice what I'm sacrificing. I don't want to give up what I'm giving up. I don't want to be the person I am and just be better. I don't want to wake up early Sunday morning and go to church and hear a sermon to just be better. No, sir. I want to be the best ever that I could possibly be. And that is what John is getting at here. In order for you to be the best ever and not just better, you got to say, Jesus, this is your team. Jesus, these are your kids. Jesus, this is your money. Jesus, you can have my will. Jesus, step forward and take control of this team because I just don't want to be better. I want to be the best me ever. So the problem that we have, though, is that we haven't determined who's qualified enough between me and God to take control of the team.
So we forfeit being the best me ever for seasons of better. And we get upset with God because he's inconsistent. But it has nothing to do with God because he is who he is. It has everything with you because you won't give up your control to your life. And all God is saying, if you just let me have it, we can do this. Go, we can go back to back. We can start winning stuff around here. But for some reason, you won't let God do his thing. So many Christians are upset with God and frustrated with God in their walk with Christ because it's just so, I feel good sometimes. I've got, I've got good days. Y'all know that song? And my bad day. Y'all know that song? But I, I won't complain. Listen to me. God is saying, if you give me that, if you give me your mind, if you give me your heart, if you give me your soul, I'll go back to back. You'll have good days. But so many of us are inconsistent because I don't know if God is fully qualified to manage me. I don't know if God fully understands that um, my kids are a little different than the rest of these kids. I don't know if God fully understands that my wife, she's just a, she's not like every other woman. So, God, I can't give this relationship to you. I can't give my mind to you. I can't give my heart to you. Lord, I was hurt as a child. I was molested when I was a child. Do you know the pain that's built up inside of me? So I hold on to my heart, and I don't give it to God. But God is saying, girl, just give it to me. And you will become the best you ever. Y'all listen to me. I don't, I, I don't want to do this for better. Mm -mm. Because when I know best ever is available to me, why would I settle for better? Why would I settle to do okay when I can do great? Why settle just for life when I can have life more abundantly? Listen to me, y'all. We are missing the boat when it comes to our relationship with God through Jesus. Y'all walking in here barely, I'm just, I'm just glad to be in the house. I'm glad to be in the number. No, I'm not. I made it here, y'all. I can see, Portia. I can lift my hands. I got, I'm in my right mind. I'm, I, I'm, listen to me. I have all of my function, so I'm glad to be here. I'm not barely making it. I'm here. And then I can come here and worship knowing that, Lord, I know that you didn't send your son Jesus here for me to play around with it. So I'm going to give you my all. I'm gonna get, listen to me. Oh, gosh. I'm going to give you my all from the back seat. I'm going to let you drive. Oh, because the problem is that some of us, if we're not in control, can't nobody do it. Me and my wife was talking about it yesterday. If, if, if you're not in control, can't nobody else do it. The problem is this. You think that's just, uh, oh, oh gosh, you think that's just a horizontal thing. No, that's also a vertical thing. If you struggle with giving people control, you're going to struggle with giving God control. There's no difference. If you just got to say something to him, you got to say something to him. You just can't help it. We think we can segregate because you're human. No, 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 no. That is you. It's not them. It's you. It's not God. It's you. It's not what happened when you were five. 
it's you. You won't give control to God. You won't relinquish your power to God. There's three things I want to quickly give you out of this text. You want to get it? I just stood up here and sweat. Do y'all want to get it? Okay. Let's go to verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John was also, also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there. And, there came, and they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the, and the Jews about purification. Verse 26 is what I want you to have. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. First point that I want you to write down is this, Jesus is Lord to me. Say that with me, Jesus is Lord to me. John and his disciples um, at this time have been baptizing for a good bit. Things were going really well. Um, the ministry was going, growing. Um, John was starting to get a little rep uh, in that region. Uh, and he basically had developed a monopoly on baptizing because it was so good. Everybody was coming to John. I mean, even the, the religious leaders were coming to see about John because of his preaching and his baptizing, and they just wanted to be part of it and see what was going on. Everybody was coming to John. And as things were starting to get to their peak, out of nowhere, Jesus shows up, and he also starts baptizing. And his disciples are getting into a disagreement with someone and they're talking about purification and all this different stuff. And somehow Jesus' name comes up. And then they come back to, to, to John and they say to John, hey, 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 John, I'm, we was out the other day and we were talking to some people. And they, they, I don't know what they was talking about. They was bugging. And I, I don't know what they were getting themselves into, but, but I'm not sure if you know it, but you know that dude that you was with on the other side of the Jordan? Um, Jesus is his name, right? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that guy Jesus that you was with, he out here baptizing. And everybody's going to him. And one of the things that struck me, I believe it's in verse 26, that, that, that knocked me to my knees when I looked at it. They said this. He says, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, watch this, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. The one that you testified about. You have a testimony about him. That's not our testimony. That's your testimony. And everybody is going to him. Listen to this. They basically say that he is increasing and we are decreasing and we don't like that. Something's wrong with this equation, John, because y'all was friends in this whole thing, but he's increasing and we are decreasing. But the problem is this. These disciples did not have a revelation of Jesus. Listen to it. He's, they said they come to him and says, the testimony, your testimony, not our testimony, 
but your testimony. And until you have a revelation of Jesus, his increasing presence in your life will be problematic until you get a revelation of him and have a declaration of who he is to you. They come to John and say, listen, that's that guy that you testify about. Behold, the Lamb of God. He is Lord to John, but he wasn't Lord to the disciples. So if you go back to John chapter 1, this is so good. If you go back to John chapter 1, John, um, he announces Jesus is walking by one day. He's out there chilling with his disciples. And Jesus walks by one day, and, J- and John says, behold, the Lamb of God. He points at Jesus. Y'all remember that? And then his disciples that were with him went and followed Jesus. But these disciples are still with John. They had yet to receive a revelation of who Jesus was. Because when you know who Jesus is, you will follow You don't have a problem with his presence because I know who he is. I know that he's my savior. I know that he's my Lord. And I don't have a problem with him spreading out and doing his thing. But when I don't have a revelation of who he is and he is not my Lord, I got a problem. Him being who he is would just be problematic. Jesus is overstepping his bounds. That's what they're saying. I know you like him, John. And I know he's a good guy, and I love Jesus too, but he's overstepping his bound. You ever feel like Jesus is getting into your business too much? No, seriously, like, you, ever, you ever feel like, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I got it all written down, and I got it all planned out. I didn't type this into my notes, and I get to the person, and the Holy Spirit say, don't say it. Jesus! You ever feel like Jesus is just overstepping his bounds? Like, Jesus, let me go. Stop spreading out. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop being who you are. The reason why that's a problem, listen to me, y'all. The reason that's a problem is because you have yet to have a revelation of who he is. And you haven't made a declaration of who he is to you. John, oh gosh, John says, behold the Lamb of God. These disciples had not yet done that. And my question for you is this. Is he Lord to you? Is he Lord to you? Or or, 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 or are you just around Jesus? You see everything that Jesus is doing. You, you know, you're there for the experience, but you're not there for the impact. Do you know what I'm saying? Like those kind of Christians, like you're there for it all, but you're not being impacted by any of it. There's people in this church right now that have made the declaration, he is my Lord, he is my God, he's my Savior, and he is running things. But what about you? He said, no, gosh, they come to him and say, yeah, Jesus is cool and all, man. But we ain't make that declaration. That was you. The one you testified. What's your testimony about Jesus. What can you testify to? Oh, I'll stop. Do you have a testimony? Have you ever seen him be who he is to you? Or are you just living off your mother's witness? Are you living off of what you hear said in church? Or or, or is he that to you? Because, your, oh gosh, your relationship with God will be problematic if you have yet to have a revelation of who Jesus is to you. It will always be a problem with you and Jesus. 
It will always be a problem with you and God because you're always going to feel like God is just doing too much right now. I'm going to put it, God is doing the most. That's, that land's a little different. He is overstepping his bounds. He is transgressing against me. He is doing too much. He is not allowing me to be who I want to be in the moments I want to be who I am. And it's a problem for me. It will always be problematic if you do not have a revelation of who he is and make a declaration as to who he is to you. I've said that 50 times, and if you miss that, that's your fault. You have to have a revelation of who he is first. And then I got to make a declaration of who he is to me. Listen to me, y'all. John's standing there, and he sees Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God. That's a revelation of who he is. And then, in a conversation with them, he says, I told y'all I wasn't the Christ. He's the Christ. That's who he is to me. Who is Jesus to you? Two weeks ago, we had this whole Revelation Sunday, Easter Sunday. Did you miss it? No, 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 no. I know that you were here, but did your spirit connect to that? Okay, I got to leave this. I got to go. Are y'all learning something? Okay. Let's get this other point. I got three points. Let's go back to verse 22. What was number one? Listen, y'all about to make me jump off the stage. What was point number one? Verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his, and his good Lord. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and, Jew, and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi. He who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourself bear witness, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Point number two is this. Jesus is better at this than me. Say that with me. Jesus is better at this than me. Based upon what we just talked about, and you all know the story of John the Baptist. Um, His ministry was growing. Um, He was, John was killing it. Church was growing fast. He was out there preaching and people was coming to the Lord and, and, and being saved and being baptized. And things were going really, really well. And I, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound funny. But John was the best at what he was doing. Y'all agree? I mean, for, 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 for your vocation to be part of your name, you got to be pretty darn good. Like, he was a John the Baptist. Like, you don't call Wanzel the preacher. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just don't work like that. But John was like, he was amazing at what he did. He was the best at what he did. He, he, had, he had locked down this monopoly. And this beautiful thing for, like, your church to be there. He was like, he had a mega church is what he had but down by the sea. Shadi was really good. 
as good as John was, as soon as Jesus stepped on the scene, he was better than John. Y'all missed that. John's been at this thing for a year, and he is really good. Shout really good. He, pe- people are giving their life to God. They're getting saved. They, they're doing a whole bit, and he is the best. In the, he's got a monopoly on it. But Jesus shows up for all of five minutes, and then all of a sudden, Jesus better than the best. <laughs> I know that you believe. That, that, that there's nobody that can love your spouse the way that you love your spouse. But Jesus is better at loving your spouse than you. Jesus is better at keeping your peace than you. Jesus is better at keeping your mind than you. Jesus is better at raising those kids than you. Jesus is better at preaching than you. Jesus is better at leading that team at work than you. Jesus is just better at you than this. He is better at this than you. He is better at this than you. He is better at being you than you. He knows, oh gosh, as has through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that were made. So every increase about you, every crevice about you, every thought about you, every piece of your body, he was there for it. So he knows you better than you know yourself. He manages you better than you can manage yourself. And so for some strange reason, we think we can manage ourselves better than God can. But he shows up in five minutes. He's better than the best. And then it causes a problem because this can't be true. He can't be that good. He's been doing it all of five minutes, and everybody is going to him, John. Everybody is going to him. That means that there was an exponential difference between what John, John was doing and what Jesus was doing. He was so far better than the best <laughs> that everybody left the best and went to Jesus. I'm trying to get you to see something. Jesus is better at this than you. He is better at managing your life than you. He is better at managing that crisis than you. He is better at going through those trials than you. And I know you feel like you've got an idea on how you should do it and what should be said, but Jesus is better at that than you. He's just better than you. Shout, he's just better. He's just better than you. The more, listen to me. The more Jesus's presence increase in your life, the more you allow Jesus' presence to increase in your life, you will find that he's better than you here. He's better than you there. He's better than you here. He's be- so, so check this out. This is what we do. We want to localize Jesus. Jesus, be really, Jesus, you're the bomb.com. Jesus, right there. You stay right there, Jesus. Jesus. 
be my really good savior, Jesus. That's all I need is a savior, Jesus. Be my really good savior. But, he, but, but scripture says he's a confidant. He's a comforter. He's a keeper. He's a peace giver. You have to make sure that you allow him to be the best in your life in every area. But the problem is we want to localize Jesus. You ever seen a movie Dirty Dancing? And I don't remember. It was uh, Patrick Swayze. He walks with us. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Some of y'all too young for that. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have used that illustration. But listen, nobody puts Jesus in the corner. That is exactly what we do. Oh, Jesus, I know Jesus adds value. I do. I know that Jesus adds, but this is what I'll use Jesus for. But the problem is, everybody in your life is going to see that he's way better at this than you, but you're keeping him over here. It said that all of them went to Jesus. Not some of them. All of them went to Jesus. God wants all of you. Not just some of you. He is good enough to handle all of you. Not just the pretty parts of you. He can handle all of you. Because he's better. Oh gosh, he's better at managing the ugly you better than you. He's better at managing your anger than you. He's better at managing your anxiety than you. He is better at getting you out of depression than you. He is just better. Shout he's better. He is just better. Shout he's better. Shout he's better. Shout he's better. I need for that to be in your spirit because you'll walk out of here today and take control of the wheel if you're not careful. Shout he's better. Jesus shows up in a matter of seconds. He's just better. I talk about this often because it was the defining moment in my life. But I remember when I got married. <clears throat> um, y'all can kind of tell, like, I think I know a lot. But I was, what were we, 20, babe, 20, 21 when we got married? Who? You was older than me. Okay. <laughs> we were young when we got married. But I thought I had all the answers. And, and just to keep this story short, I was messing it up royally. Royally. I had been going to church all my life. All my life, man, from a little boy, I ushered, I did the whole bit. I, do, I did everything. And I love to see preachers. I love preaching. It was just cool. Um, but I had not yet made Jesus my Lord. He didn't have control. So I get married, and I know everything. I know exactly what she's supposed to do when she's supposed to do it. I know how she's supposed to do it. I know what her responses need to be to me. I know what a man needs. I, I, I know what a woman needs. I knew everything. And I was messing it up. So then I finally got saved for real. For real. And then all of a sudden, I became the greatest husband in the world. I'm not joking. Like, I used to get so many compliments, like, who are you two talking to me? Like, what did I do? Listen to me, y'all. Because he knew how to love her better than I did. Y'all missing this? Through him, all things were made. 
Without him, nothing was made that was made. So that means that when he made me, he was, he, he, he was all involved in me. He was all involved in her. And because he was all involved in her, when she was being created, he knew exactly what was in me that needed to be put inside of her. So I became the man overnight because I just gave my life to him. Oh, this is so good today, y'all. He is just better at this than you. Shout, he's better. Let's get this last point. What was point number one? What? Okay. Point number two? All right, y'all got better. Let's get the third one. Let's go to verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourself bear bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who was the who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Last and final point for today. I'll write this down. Jesus has to be allowed to take over. Say that with me. Jesus has to be allowed to take over. In the moment that this crisis is brought to John's attention, that who he was and what he was doing was in competition with who Jesus was and what he was doing, John makes, to me, one of the most profound statements in all of scripture. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. John says that when Jesus shows up in my life, two things must happen. First, he must increase. Now, if you hadn't looked at this text and you hadn't seen it this way, I want to make sure you look at this. He says, he must increase, meaning that the increasing is on him. And he says, but I must decrease. Increasing is on Jesus. Jesus is going to do what he wants to do because Jesus is just that way. It's in his nature. When the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, the Holy Spirit will just start moving things around. In your heart and in your mind, he starts changing the way that you think. It just starts moving. He's just going to increase. He's going to take over because he's just that big. But I am on the hook for the decrease. Can I put it to you like this? 
You don't need any more Jesus. You don't need more Jesus. Jesus is going to do what he's going to do. What you do need, less of you. John says that this thing is two-part. He's going to increase. Increase, increase, increase. Holy Spirit's just going to start. When you give your life to God through Jesus, the Holy Spirit just start moving stuff. He just start changing your mind on stuff and changing what you feel about stuff. And stuff that used to hurt you don't hurt you no more. And things that used to aggravate you don't aggravate you no more. It just starts to change. He starts to change, 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 change. But the problem is there is still too much of me. He's increasing. But I'm competing with him for his increase. He's just going to increase. But you won't stop doing the most. You won't stop. You won't shut your mouth. You won't think no different. You won't pull yourself away from it. You won't stop looking at that website. You won't stop going to that, to, to that TikTok. You won't stop. You just won't stop. So he's increasing. You keep coming to church. You get good work because I know I can preach. You getting good word. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You're getting good worship. But things are not changing because you're not decreasing. The bigger he gets, the bigger you get. John says this thing is not going to work if you don't decrease. He is going to increase. But I'm on the hook for the decrease. Look at your neighbor tell him stop doing too much. Me and my father-in-law talk about this a lot. It's hilarious because T.D. Jakes is like, he is, he's not, LeBron, he, um, I can't compare T.D. Jakes to LeBron James because I'm not a fan, LeBron James fan. But T.D. Jakes is like, he's the man. He, listen, he, he's just, he is the man when it comes to preaching. There is a message. I'm, I don't know, there is a message that I listened to of T.D. Jakes 16 years ago. It's, it's, it's called Nothing Just Happens. It has been 16 years ago since I heard that message. And I am still dealing with that word I got 16 years ago. I am still working through the process of seeing how that word applies to my life from 16 years ago. Some of y'all. You get a word on Sunday morning, you get a word on Sunday night, you get a word on Monday morning, you get another word, you get another word, you get another word, you get another word, but none of that's going to do you any good unless you start decreasing. You don't need more Jesus, you just need to stop doing what you're doing. You don't, he's going to increase. He's going to make moves. He's going to take over, but you can't allow yourself to grow with him. John says, listen to me, I hear y'all, and all that's cool, but I know why I'm here. 
I know why I'm here. And he is going to increase. But, oh, gosh, y'all. John was standing there, and he's basically saying, but since y'all brought this issue to me, and y'all telling me that Jesus is a problem, something is wrong. John looks at this and says, I got to be doing something wrong. Because I know why I was sitting here. I know what my purpose is. I'm, my purpose is to only give him glory. My, my, my purpose is to make sure I pave the way for him. So something is wrong with the fact that you think I should be competing with him for space. So let him increase. I'm going to decrease. Oh, gosh. You, you, here's the thing. When you look at your life and other people look at your life and they can't tell if it's you or God. Oh, oh, you're you're such a good husband. We don't know what we'll do without your Porsche. I mean, you're, you're the best VP of whatever we got. Do, do you see what I'm saying here, people? Listen, do you see? I have to decrease. Because if you if you think it's me, oh, Pastor Wanza, that message was the bomb, Pastor Wanza, you preach. I'm doing something wrong if you can't tell us him. I'm, listen, I'm missing it. If you can't tell us him, listen, I can't pull this stuff together by myself. I'm not smart enough. I'm not bright enough. I'm not big enough nor bad enough. I can't do it. So let me decrease. John says, yeah, I see what's happening here. He must increase. And I must decrease. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.